6th on Tuesday, September 14th, eight Senate Democrats put forth a new voting rights bill named the Freedom to Vote Act. The eight are Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia, John Tester of Montana, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia, Senator Jeff Markley of Oregon, and Senator Alex Padillo of California. The bill has publicly been supported by right leaning Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who described it as a step in the right direction. The Freedom to Vote Act focuses on expanding voter access, boosting election integrity, and encouraging civil participation, this according to its backers. Some of its stipulations include guaranteeing at least 15 days of early voting for federal elections, mandating same-day registration at all polling locations by 2024, and making Election Day a public holiday. The Freedom to Vote Act also has the intended goal of promoting what has been described as voter confidence by requiring a uniform national standard for states that require identification for in-person voting. This has been a contentious issue between Republicans and Democrats, as the latter have pointed out that the ID requirements can discriminate against voters of color young people and other voters. However, supporters of the new voting rights bill have tried to quell those concerns, adding a stipulation to the bill that allows voters to present a broad set of ID cards. Moving forward, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has announced that he plans to hold a vote to advance the new voting rights bill as early as next week. It would need the support of at least 60 senators, including 10 on the GOP side. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, let us go now uh, to a, a couple of short clips, one from McClatchy News and MSNBC, uh, giving some background that uh, led us up to this moment. Earlier this year, Texas Republicans introduced Senate Bill 7, which critics say would make voting harder. Texas Democrats said the bill was uh, That's a vote suppression tactic. And Attempt to silence our voices. And walked out. Republicans said they want elections to be secure and accessible. Governor Greg Abbott called the lawmakers back to Austin to revitalize election legislation like Senate Bill 7. I'm about to get on a plane to go to Washington to fight for our democracy. Republicans are working hard in Congress to deny our voice, and Republicans here in Texas are doing the same. Texas Democrats broke quorum and left for Washington, D.C. Here's what the new election bill might do. Ban drive-through voting. Set times when polling places can operate, effectively banning 24-hour voting. Create additional protections for poll watchers. Make it illegal for a public official to send an application to vote by mail to a person who didn't request one. And make it illegal for an election officer to knowingly refuse to accept a poll watcher for service. So let's turn to voting rights. Joe Manchin signing on. How big of a deal is that? 
first time Democrats have a major voting rights bill that has a path to getting all 50 senators on board. Right now it's just the working group, which includes Joe Manchin, but the other uh, 49 are likely to come on board at the end of this. What convinced Joe Manchin at the end of the day is a series of changes made from the, the previous version, which was S-1. This is a more focused bill on voting. The previous one was kind of a grab bag of progressive policies that included uh, issues related to campaign finance and ethics. This is simply about voting. One of the things they did to get Joe Manchin on board was remove that ban on voter ID in S-1. Joe Manchin is a supporter of voter ID. What this new bill does is it doesn't require it, but it allows states that are pursuing it to continue to do voter ID, but with some federal standards. Another thing this bill does is give flexibility to certain jurisdictions on issues like 15 days early voting, uh, which is, you know, uh, which was in the previous bill and which is in this new bill, but small, small counties, small areas that have few voters don't have to abide by the same number of hours. They had gotten feedback, Manchin and other Democrats, that some of those provisions would be difficult to implement. They changed that around, gave states flexibility. Joe Manchin is on board. Another key thing, Stephanie, that this bill does is it goes after sham audits on right now. It also clamps down on states like Georgia attempting to uh, enact state takeovers of local jurisdictions. All these things happening in the wake of the 2020 election, all of them fueled by former President Trump's uh, conspiracy theories and lies about the 2020 election result. All righty. And some are in Congress are remaining hopeful, given that Senator Manchin seems to back the bill and has pledged to discuss it with Republicans. However, some campaigners for voting rights point out that the bill does not go far enough in protecting and expanding voting rights, which have been continually under attack since uh, the Supreme Court decision in 2013 that basically gutted uh, the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Now, according to the Brennan Center for Justice, between January 1st and July 14th, 2021, at least 18 states enacted 30 laws that restrict access to the vote. And just last week, as you heard in the clip, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott signed into a law that bans 24-hour and drive-through voting, imposing new hurdles on mail-in ballots and other restrictions. Now, opponents of Senate Bill 1 said its provisions will disproportionately restrict voting access for marginalized voters, including voters of color and those with disabilities. Now, keep in mind that House Democrats have previously passed two other voting bills, the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, uh, named after the late John Lewis. The votes were along party lines, but the legislation went nowhere in the Senate. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden is planning to pressure conservative Democrats in the Senate to support filibuster reform in order to pass voting rights legislation. We'll see if that uh, actually is the case. Now, President Biden has reportedly told House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senator Schumer that he will speak to holdouts in the Senate hoping to establish a filibuster exception for voting rights. And I understand he is meeting, um, having some meetings with today uh, with some members of Congress. Now, let me welcome our guest. Welcome back to Sojourner Truth, Barbara Arnwine, veteran civil rights and human rights leader and advocate. She's been a longtime voting rights campaigner. She is the president and founder 
of the Transformative Justice Coalition, but for a few decades, she was the executive director of the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights. She's known internationally and nationally. She is an award-winning uh, campaigner and hasn't slowed down because Barbara, I don't know how many times she has been arrested recently. Um, she has <laughs> testified. She has uh, walked the picket lines. She's gone to jail. Barbara Arnwine, welcome back. Glad you're in one piece here. <laughs> Thank you. And it's great not to be in jail and not to be arrested uh, at this moment, but that's coming again. <laughs> I'm sure it is knowing you, uh, Barbara. So, uh, first, give us your reaction now to this um, bill uh, supported by these eight Democrats, the Freedom to Vote Act. Well, I think my reaction is the same as many of the civil rights and voting rights organizations around the country, which is cautiously optimistic. I mean, I've been on several calls with, uh, you know, the alliances of different groups and different coalitions, and the I think everyone is a little bit surprised that the bill is better than what they expected. Remember, the original uh, Manchin Compromise was a disaster. It was yeah. absolutely unacceptable, and then many of us um, were opposed to it vehemently, and were making it quite clear that there was no way on earth that we would support what he originally put forth in late June. Um, interestingly, through Klobuchar's intervention, and Warnock, I understand, has been an incredible force in these negotiations, uh, and through a whole lot of voices, uh, you know, talking and meeting with Manchin. Uh, don't, you can never take away the influence of those Texas state legislators who met with him. Uh, all, you know, the dozens and dozens of them who met with them, who have, fl who have flown uh, and fled <laughs> the state of Texas uh, to try to stop that voter suppression bill there that eventually did pass. Uh, but he was really influenced by them and really listened to them. And I'm sure, you know, Stacey Abrams, a whole lot of folks have had, you know, voices, you know, um, people like myself and... Uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, before he got really ill, met with him also. Uh, Schumer has done his job. I mean, I think there's a lot of work that went into it, but the bill, if you look at it, is substantially different than what he initially put forth. There's a lot of you know common elements, but there are some new ones. Let me tell you the one that no one's mentioned yet, that to me is okay. one of the most significant, and that is the new requirements that if you have been incarcerated the, uh, for a felony, the minute you walk out of jail, you are eligible to vote. In every, you would be wow. eligible in every single state in the union. That would change the law in 31 states that says that you cannot vote uh, if you were formerly incarcerated until you finished parole, probation, or pay a fine, pay a fee. All of that would be gone. That means that 6 million people who are currently barred from voting would have that opportunity to vote now. It also means 
that nine to some 17 million people who are confused about the right to vote because they've seen so many people incarcerated in other states for voting who were formerly incarcerated now would know that they have the right to vote uh, and that that would just change the dynamic. We are talking about the potential for millions of new people to register and participate in the franchise and removing one of the biggest obstacles. I think that's centrally one of the best provisions in this bill. The voter ID provision has been the most controversial, and I think that that uh, provision was absolutely unacceptable in its original formulation, uh, that you know, imposing you know, photo voter ID on every state made zero sense. It was uh, actually almost like in uh, codifying uh, voter uh, suppression. Uh, so I think that the new provisions that now says that states like California that have never had any you know, uh, onerous uh, voter ID are grandfathered in, that their laws that they stand now are fine. There's nothing you can do about them. This would not impact them that other states that have all these voter ID laws, some extremely onerous, as such as in the state of Texas, where they only accept a few forms of ID, um, that now they would have to accept up to you know, 26, almost 30 different forms of ID, uh, including utility bills, uh, uh, people's you know, TANF cards, all kinds of different ID that would be allowable. Uh, so that's a advance over where we are now. Uh, nevertheless, you know, there is a lot of trepidation in our community still about that provision. Uh, there are some other, you know, elements of, you know, this bill that we're all working through. Everybody, I just want you to know, it's 592 pages, the bill is. Can you imagine, yeah. um, Margaret, that it takes 592 pages, almost 600 pages of bill to protect our voting rights. My goodness, in 2021. Out, out, just just outrageous, uh, Barbara Arnwine. And the thing about it is, is that, I mean, what you're saying about um, the formerly incarcerated, just a fantastic yes. victory. I mean, look at what Florida went through and the organizing. I mean, I continue to be amazed by the level of effective organizing by in people who are incarcerated as well as the formerly incarcerated people who have been working steadily on this uh, for so long. But Barbara Arnwine, I mean, none of this would happen. I don't think uh, Manchin would have moved one inch if it were not for pressure from the movement. Tell us about that no movement, doubt. because you have been integral oh, yeah. uh, to it. The Poor People's Campaign has been staying on mansion like white on rice, right? <laughs> or brown on rice, How, however you're, you're, you, you want to cut that. Tell us a bit about that movement, because uh, it's oh important, goodness. because especially for young people, people get discouraged and thinking, well, can we really achieve change? Can we really, you know, make something happen? T tell us about well, that movement. Oh, yes. I mean, let's start with the civil rights groups, a number of them, what they call the big six, uh, you know, asked for a meeting with Manson in early June, and he uh, granted the meeting, <laughs> and the rascal, you know, right after 
the uh, meeting, um, you know, right around the time of the meeting, he puts out in the paper his uh, statement that he's not going to support any any federal legislation, period, that he's not going to do a thing and that he's opposed to, uh, you know, the For the People Act and he's opposed to, uh, you know, other uh, voting rights uh, measures. And that sets the community off. He meets with the leader, said that he thought it was a good meeting, so on and so on, whatever. And then, of course, uh, groups like ours, we, uh, along with, you know, uh, give Reverend Bishop uh, Barber, uh, William Barber, all the credit because the, uh, the Poor People's Campaign goes to West Virginia, has a huge uh, event that Daryl Jones, who is one of the co-leaders of Transformative Justice Coalition, and I attend, and we take hundreds of people to his office, and we protest, and we scream, and we uh, point out, you know, his uh, his undermining democracy, and how could he make a mockery, of, uh, you know, mockery of our democracy by refusing uh, to protect it? And he, three days later, releases his first. Compromise. People, do you wow. think that would have happened without that direct action? And the good news is that it wasn't just people from the outside. These were Virginians by the hundreds. That's right. Who showed up and said, we never would have voted for you if we had thought you would betray us like this. And because in the state of Virginia, some 79% of all voters supported the For the People Act. So he was totally off base. Now, since then, a lot of us have been, as I mentioned, you know, just meeting. Uh, we've been protesting. You know, we've gotten arrested in front of the Hart Senate building. He's been the target. There's been other caravans. There's been other demonstrations. He has been on everybody's lips talking about the need to relent, to make sure that there was protection for voters. And no doubt about it, if we had not brought the heat, this skillet wouldn't be frying. Uh, there wouldn't be a bill out here. Uh, there was, uh, that is, you know, uh, within striking uh, distance of being a decent deal. I think that people need to understand that it's activism. It's being heard, making sure that your vision of America, of this democracy, of this needed multi-racial democracy, that it's our fight that makes a difference. It's not our sitting back and saying, oh, well, it's not our sitting back and saying, okay, whatever you say, Mr. Manson. No, we have actively uh, gone to him, not only in good meetings, but also in serious protests. Uh, and I think people have been uh, doing the correct things. And, in fact, we're not finished. Until this bill is passed, there is no peace. Uh, you know, until we see this measure you know, passed, meaning if a filibuster is necessary, the Manson must support the filibuster. So much Chris, uh, must Kristen Cinema of Arizona, all of these blue dogs who are trying to hide behind Manson and Cinema need to come up and they need to help to kill the filibuster so that we can pass this bill. So we will not stop until this bill is law and until we stop this assault on our democracy and this assault 
on the right to vote that's happening already. Already 19 states to pass 31 evil voter suppression bills. We must, we must fight it, and we won't stop. Right, and and Barbara, finally, uh, th- that's just great and and encouraging. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't think anything really happens uh, policy wise uh, for for the good without street heat, right? Um, but uh, Barbara, do you think it is possible that this uh, Freedom to Vote Act can get through? without any changes in the filibuster. Um, from what I understand, I think it's today that President Biden is meeting um, with some folks uh, around uh, these issues. Do you think there's a chance well, for I, that? Or do you really think that the, the filibuster in this, I mean, there are other things that the filibuster stands in the way of, but for this particular uh, bill, Freedom to Vote Act? Well, people need to know that we're living in history. This is the historic moment for protecting the right to vote. Uh, We've had, you know, the protections of the 1965 Voting Rights Act for some 56 years, but now, now is the time for us to stand up in this era and to make sure that our democracy uh, becomes, you know, fulfilled uh, and that it's not denied. So it means... Uh, literally, that, you know, in the next 10 days, whatever the Senate does will determine the future of our nation's ability uh, for people of all races, all creeds, all ethnicities to uh, vote. And by the way, this bill has some really good stuff for people with disabilities. It changes the law in a good way and for military, uh, you know, people in the military. There's all kinds of protections here. And so it's needed uh, that we are going to be watching, and uh, and it's not just watching. Uh, We're going to be active. And, in fact, uh, watch us, because over the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to be doing actions, including this Friday, uh, the 17th. There's going to be actions all over the country with people doing civil disobedience, people doing marches, because we aren't satisfied until it's passed. And I believe it can be passed. I think that, you know, uh, hopefully President Biden will do his job. You know that we've been on him uh, saying, which side are you on? Come out and publicly say that the filibuster has to be ended. Come out and do that. He hasn't yet. And until he does, uh, we will not take the pressure off of him. We will continue the protests at the White House, continue to have civil disobedience and arrests. Uh, we will not stop, and we will stay on top of the Senate doing the same thing. And we're going to open up a new front because uh, the corporate community, where are you corporations? And what about the corporations that are funding these voter suppressors in these states? Oh, we're not finished one bit. This is an ongoing movement. Even after we get this legislation, we got a lot of work to do to protect voters. So we aren't about to relent for one second. That's right. I know you're not. Uh, and Barbara Arnwine, for people who want to uh, be in touch with your organization, the Transformative uh, Justice uh, Coalition, and to know more about the work you're doing and want to get involved in this fight to um, really for voting rights in this country, what should they do? Uh, we're active on all social 
social media, Facebook, the Transformative Justice Coalition, Instagram, the Fit Transformative Justice Coalition, Twitter, TJC underscore DC. Um, you know, I'm active on all these measures under my full name, Barbara Arnwine, and Barb73 is my big uh, Twitter account. Uh, also, uh, you know, people can reach us on websites. We have, you know, the tjcoalition.org website, and we have the votingrightsalliance.org website. So there's a lot of places where we have information. That's just a few of them. Uh, people can really look for us and find, uh, you know, our imprint because we are determined. You know, last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we did something unprecedented. We brought 500 people uh, to participate in the Lincoln Memorial uh, Gathering, March on, all of that for the uh, 58th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act, uh, of the uh, March on Washington. And we had, um, you know, we made everybody uh, show proof of vaccination, and fortunately everybody's, you know, come out you know, healthy out of that event. But it was just amazing to see people from all these states and how committed people are at the grassroots level to getting this done and to preserving and promoting a multiracial, robust, inclusive democracy. We're not going to stop. And I'm just you know, so proud of everyone's work. Well, Barbara Arnwine, I know you're not, I mean, you and so many others now carrying out on the work that the, our ancestors who went through so much have charged us to do, and you're carrying on yeah. that work, and I'm sure they are with you and uh, so many others. It's really encouraging to see this movement growing and continuing, and as you say, not giving up. Thank you so very much, Barbara. I know you're going to continue to keep you keep us posted, and we'll have you back on the show very soon. Thank you, Barbara Arnwine. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Watch us on September the 27th. If it's not done, watch us. All right. Thank you. All righty. Okay.